Welcome to the Legends of Lanamora podcast. Yeah. I am your dungeon master, Nathan. With me this evening, I have Justin. <laughs> hey yo, Nicole. Sup? And Emily. Hello. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. At the end of every episode, I name... Nope, we don't do that bit anymore. I was um... like, whoa, 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 <laughs> relive. You're doing so good. Uh, well, you know, uh, we just... Uh, please excuse me, we're, we're going through a rebranding. It's 2021. You know, everything isn't garbage anymore. Well, we made it, folks. It? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're recording this on the 4th. We'll see what happens when this comes out on the 19th. So, a lot of yeah. stuff has pretty already uh, happened. It's only the 4th. And like, yeah, I'm going to say, going to say it's uh, pretty similar. The taste tastes very, very the same. Going to say that that meme that I literally posted like an hour ago from the parrot trap yes. when Meredith sees both of them at the yes. same time <gasps> and it's 20... <gasps> 21 accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard outside that I thought I was going to wake the neighbors. Like. <laughs> Wild. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, here we are. Welcome to 2021. We did it, y'all. Uh, this is uh, the start of season two. This is season two, episode one, y'all. We're back with the season one crew. We've got, speaking of crew, we've got Drew, played by Emily. She's an Eldrin grave domain cleric slash. Pact of the Shepherd Warlock. We have Nicole, who is playing the Tiefling Fighter Scarlet. And we have Justin, who is playing Safina Thornburn, the Halfling Artificer of a homebrew Artificer class that I haven't completely finished yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> so, at the end of every episode, I now do the recap. And so, because this is the start of episode, or the uh, this is the start of season two, I'm going to do a brief synopsis of season one for you. If you want to get a little more into the nitty gritty, make sure to go back and listen to season two, episode zero, which we recorded in 2020, um, but came out last week, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, or if you are far in the future, it came out years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's it like there? Are we trading things again? I'm tired yeah, of money. Yeah. <laughs> Is Bitcoin taken over? Is oh, Bitcoin God. good now? <laughs> Got that cryptocurrency. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in season one, our heroes uh, comprised of Drew, Scar, Saf, and at the time, Agamir, they were on a quest to. Find undead in the catacombs of Ilar's birth, which is a that the, the first part of this world that I've created, Alari. Uh, I guess I should do a brief overview of the world because uh, th this is a jumping-on point for some people. So the world of Lanamora, from you know the legends of Lanamora, <laughs> is comprised of two main continents. We have Alari, which is the city continent, and Tor, which is the wild, overgrown continent. So. Uh, Ilar's birth that I mentioned a little while ago was the first point of civilization in Alari. And our intrepid heroes were searching for undead, which do not exist in this world. So they found a madman and they killed him. And it's just a lot of that, like for 52 episodes. 
Um, but we're the good guys. And his name was Two Pricks, and Nate didn't get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they, they didn't find Undead. They did find a madman. They did um, stop what he was doing, let's say. Uh, and so they <laughs> were about to go on another secret mission because Scar was a law enforcement individual, a copper mantle at the time. And she was sent on a secret mission or was about to be when she asked if her friends could come. And (laughs) through a series of wild antics, they uh, got arrested. And then they met uh, one of the highest elected officials of Alari, the consul Tasvig Dubey, who asked them for help in uncovering a plot against his life by one of his other golden mantles. So the hierarchy of the politics is you've got the consul at the top. You've got the golden mantles who kind of oversee as sheriffs, and you've got the copper mantles are kind of the guards and all of that. If you want to get even more nitty gritty about that, you can listen to season one, episode zero, because I go over that at length. So they were on a quest with Tasvig Duvet, the consul of the Borough Fellows, which is a lower class um, borough of Ilari. Don't talk shit about my hometown. <laughs> it's... Scars from fellows. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot about me. So yeah, they, they they were on this quest. They were trying to uncover who had done this evil deed to Tasvig Duvet. And they had a lot of adventures. They uh, ventured into a shade pocket. They fought some spiders. They uh, died <laughs> because they found out who the actual golden mantle that had been plotting against Tasvig's life was it was uh, the, the golden mantle Kelvin Boulderdown. Fucking Kevin. <laughs> Fucking Kevin. More on him later. <laughs> Kelvin Boulderdown uh, pretty much set a trap for the party and plunged daggers into their chest. They went to meet with Tasvig Duvet and they inadvertently killed him. <laughs> uh, and so they... They were on the run, they were on the lam, and they, they actually got out of they got out of Fellows, where they were, and they headed back they were going to head back to another part of Alari, but they got shipwrecked on this island chain called the Bulwark Isles, where they met some lizard folk. <laughs> These lizard folk uh, started to revere Drew and her magical abilities. In the course of their adventures, Drew became a warlock and now can summon undead or control the undead, which is the first time this has happened in millennia. She did that on the Bulwark Isles and the lizard folk started to revere her. Um, and they found a giant statue as well called Amoferic, who gave them a prophecy of the wicked one wreathed in white shall unveil the incarnate from shadow when the fields of sacrifice bathe the everflame, burning proud atop its altar with the blood of the dreamer. Amoferic gave you this prophecy, and in the Shade Pocket you all had seen uh, something that you thought to be this incarnate, um, another Amo who had been corrupted by the Everflame, which you also found shortly after visiting that shade pocket. And so you all needed more information. And so you decided to head up the coast and you made your way to Lux, 
where you found the resistance, the Knights of Halartha, who are against uh, whatever Kelvin is doing, and the lore keepers that are apparently not in this for the books. And so the party went up to Lux and they met with the Knights of Halartha and they headed into the archives to get some more information uh, to find the writings of Halartha in order to uh, get more information on where the other Amos are that were not part of the prophecy, but uh, they are entities that hold the keys to making the prophecy come true. Uh, and so in order to get that th- those items out of the hands of the Wicked One and his cronies, uh, you all made your way to the archives, got the writings, you gave a half-elf a horrible anxiety attack. <laughs> I don't know how much of you all remember that, but yes, you did. Yep. I just risen- listened to it recently. Uh, Poor Karen. So, and then... Yes, poor Karen. And so you got the writings and then you headed into a museum. You found yourselves in a museum of torn antiquities and saw the Everflame. You saw Saf's lost grandfather. And you also saw Tesvig Duvet, who is not dead and has been orchestrating this whole thing behind the scenes. And he appears to be very powerful, and Kelvin is under his control. Uh, and so he you thinks. All, so you, and so he thinks. So you all think maybe. Uh, but you all fled because he started chasing you uh, down with his sword staff, and you all ran out of the archives. You escape by the skin of your teeth with the help of Amo Farrick in his true form, which is a 150-foot-tall shield colossi, basically a um, stone statue brought to life. You made it back to the Bulwark Isles, you met up with Mara, and you have been here for the last six months, waiting for the right time to strike. So some of your compatriots have gone to the mainland of Alari to spy, find out what's going on, and the like. You have been in contact with them. Agamir has decided to take up a position with the Violet Rose. So he will be sailing the ship to and fro, gathering materials, getting people where they need to go and everything. Living his Uh, dream. Living his dream, just sailing on the open seas. And you all are on the Bulwark Isles. So we talked about a few things that everyone wanted wanted to do. So we're just going to jump right in to initiative, please. Everyone roll d d20. I'm going to grab a sweatshirt because I'm actually kind of cold real fast. That is not how you roll a dice, Nicole. (laughs) I got a 12. I got a 10. Okay. Just wrote, wrote Saf, Drew, and Nicole. Star. <laughs> Nine. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Saf, you are up in one of the ruins of the Bulwark Isles, where you have found a lot of the components for a recent project of yours. The Exo, the external xenomechanical outfit. 
or so you have called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are making some final modifications to it, and you're about to bring it online. Uh, what would you like to do? So, I'm actually... Am I, am I like, in a workshop-ish type of situation, or am I... What? Uh, over the six months that you've been here, you probably would have set up a workshop, yeah. Okay. That's adorbs. Yeah. So... It has a nice view of the bay of the Bulwark Isles. It's in one of the tallest towers. It's a nice, breezy, tropical day on the Bulwark Isles. Oh, it's God, nice. I love that. There's like perfect weather here all the time. It always smells like the sea. I love that so much. Okay, so I'm... Can I... Uh, so in my background, I've been working with Karen and some of the lizard folk in order to help me write my book and stuff. So, could I possibly mm-hmm. say that Karen is with me in the workshop? Sure, he's there. So, what was the what was the the last thing that you needed to do, Sap? You know, I don't like heights. Um, why do you <laughs> insist that I come up here all the time? I mean, it's it's very high. He's back as far away from the wall as he can get. Uh, this building has it doesn't have a window; it's just open to the outside. Okay, and side note, what is the last piece that I need, or am I ready to, like, test this? You're just inscribing some, like, artificer's runes on some of the components, so you're, you know, uh, think of it like um, magical circuitry, I guess. Okay, so I'd... Assuming I'd be, like, hunched over the work desk with, like, crazy goggles and a little bit of a a light source coming from it, um, etching these runes into a little piece of the mechanism and just say, like, Oh, Karen, you're fine, you're fine. It's at least, like, 20 feet to the door, so you you won't fall. It'll it'll be fine. Just read read the glyphs for me, please. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. He makes it sound like he's going to retch because he was looking up uh, out of the the window. Um, (laughs) He says, okay, here we go. And he he gives you the last few uh, glyphs that you need to complete the the circuit, the magical circuit that you've got. Uh, As you etch the last character in, uh, everything starts to glow with a brilliant blue light where the, the runes are. The runes start to glow in a brilliant blue sapphire light. Oh, my favorite color. So um, <laughs> I like jump out of my stool and like frighten Karen a little bit. I'm so excited. And I just, um, I jump back and with a, with my smile, taking up like my entire face i go it's ready and i put the piece into the backpack shaped mechanism and i throw it on myself Mm -hmm. and i go okay you've got a Hmm? you've got a dope looking backpack on (laughs) (laughs) it's it's small it's lightweight and everything and it's nice and it's got two buttons one button is supposed to engulf me in the suit and the other button is supposed to make the suit outside of the backpack. So mm-hmm. I would have a mechanical servant kind of situation. Yeah. 
So I press the button to put me in the suit. Okay. Because of the way that the suit works, you're not wearing any of your armor. You're just in your like work clothes. Uh, I imagine that's just more comfortable for you anyway. You, you don't always need to be fighting bad guys. So the, the suit, when you press the buttons, uh, the, the XO springs to life and you hear some whirrings and ticks and in a matter of you know a few nanoseconds you are completely engulfed in this suit that you've created it works almost like a charm the first time that you put it on uh, and you hear a voice in your ear what is what is the voice that you've uh, given this? What 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 type of voice is this? A a, a male voice? A female voice? It, Does it have an accent? Who is this? Oh, I can give you an accent. Oh, all right. Um, so <laughs> the Man, please be nice to me. I've got to do this voice. <laughs> I have to go to the, the bathroom. Um, I'll be right back. It kind of sounds like Nathan, um, except with like more of a text to speech kind of feeling but like it can hold a conversation it's not like you know text-to-speech is very finicky sometimes but it's like text-to-speech meets jarvis in nathan's voice okay with a with a hint of sarcasm so you uh hear in your ear for the first time initializing initializing welcome well welcome Hi. to exo <laughs> XO Input username here. Yeah. And you see a blinking light <laughs> appear in front of your face. Safina. Insert username here. S username Safina. Insert username here. Oh <laughs> fuck, there's no keyboard. <laughs> um as you as you say that you um you're blinking a lot and you see that there are uh, there's just a jumble of characters on screen it's like q k 6 y l j what and you see the cursor blinking backspace confirm. backspace backspace no don't confirm p p p p 0 l 4 appear after those exo reset Confirm. Exo. Confirm. Reset. Resetting. And uh, the suit goes back into the backpack. Oh. So adorable. I look at Karen, I go, it did you read there's it? There's a little more calibration that needs to be done. I look at Karen, I go, did you read it right? Uh, what, what, what do you mean? I, yeah, it's... For, for what part? I mean, what, what happened? I... I couldn't hear anything. You you just were engulfed in that thing and you 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 just said resetting and Safina and what 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 happened? Oh, you could hear me talk through it. Okay. Good. That's a good sign. Yeah, that's the the you, you don't get the feeling that Karen heard uh XO itself. Okay. So EXO is the name of your suit as well as what it's called. The AI, yeah. Well, we haven't given yeah, haven't given um the AI, I guess, a name yet. So I'm just calling it the EXO. 
or calling it Exo. So are you going to give it a name, Justin? I kind of either want to name my AI Exo or Andy with an I. All right, you got to come up with the uh, acronym. That's fine. Okay, we'll figure that out later. Yeah. Anyway. So what do you what do you mean? What what what, what part didn't work right? There's some sort of calibration Karen. issue. It just it text to my text to speech or my speech to text didn't work properly. Oh, you wanted you wanted speech to text on this thing? I thought you wanted manual input. I'm so sorry, Saf. Uh, Where's the manual input, Karen? It's right here, 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 here. Oh, okay, pull out the... And he starts getting into, like, the uh, technical nitty-gritty of the artificing, um, telling you what component to pull out and where the runes are going to need to be overwritten. Um, and so after about another hour of work, you put the, the, the runes back where they need to be, and um, you, you have the suit back on, ready to try again. Okay. Take 12. And I press the button. To engulf myself in the suit. Okay, you are uh, engulfed in the suit, uh, and you hear initializing, 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 <laughs> and you see the cursor blinking. Input username here. Username, Saf. You see Saf type on the in front of your eyes. Nice. This is hilarious, just saying. Confirm. Confirm. Hello. Saf? <laughs> I squeal a little bit. I am Exo. <laughs> I've decided. Exo, change configuration, parentheses, name. Insert input name here. And you see another cursor blinking. Andy, A-N-D-I. You see Andy with a Y type up, and then you see it backspace, and then it goes A-N-D-I. Um... Confirm. Confirm. Hello, Saf. I am Andy. Hi, Andy. Hello. Are we ready for our test run? Let's go. Um, status on flight simulation. Oh, God. Flight simulation. Flight thrusters. Status. Ready. Simulation. Unavailable. Status ready, Andy? Status ready. I have no simulation. User, Saf. Okay. We, quote, do this. Alright. I imagine there'd be, like, some sort of, like, finger controls that would like go onto my fingers so I could like actually do some like maneuvering. Um, so I would like to, to do that in like a enable thrusters to like just elevate me off the ground. Okay. Roll me an intelligence check, please. Oi. Same D and D without dice rolls, baby. Baby. <laughs> 18. Okay, you managed to get the controls working, and you are—you—you you, you put the inputs in, and you're hovering above the ground, just like you input. Woohoo! Um, I legitimately say woohoo, and 
I go, all right, Karen, time for a test flight. And I maneuver myself out of the door of the workshop in flight and fly out of the door. (laughs) Out into the, like, down into the bay? Yeah, into that. out into the the rest of the building? uh, Out into the bay area, like open space. Okay, so you're going to go fly over the bay then, open space, out above the, uh, the the rest of the bulwark aisles. Okay. You enable the, the flight uh, thrusters, you're, you're going, it feels really good. As you are leaving, you, you turn to Karen and say, uh, all right, Karen, I'm going to take this for a test drive. And he goes, what? What do you mean you're going for a test drive? Oh. <laughs> As you zoom off it over the bay and it, it feels like it's the most exhilarating thing that you've ever done i imagine um up to this point you feel completely free and you're having a great time the sea air is hitting your face you can still feel the breeze because i mean it's not a super constricting suit it's magic you know um or you know artificing anyway but it's it just feels great. It's it's a great time. And you're you just it's finally working after all these months. Um roll uh roll me a perception, please. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Let's see. What is my perception? Also, Justin, I texted you what I think Andy should stand for. Androgynous nanodynamic intelligence. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think nanodynamic picked- is a word. <laughs> I just picked hey. random words that I thought sounded fun because, like, A N D I, so androgynous nanodynamic intelligence. What about artificial uh, nanodynamic intelligence? Artificial artificer nanodynamic intelligence. I love that. You know Art- what else artificial. is in the real world? <laughs> Xenomechanical, like the X and XO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I made it up. Exactly. So fuck all y'all. This is <laughs> Fantasy <game>. technology. <laughs> Uh, 16 perception. Yeah. So you are flying out over the base half and you are having a great time. You're whooping and hooting and hollering, having a, a great time. And you see a ship off in the distance. It looks like it's coming towards the main aisle, your aisle. Do I recognize this ship or does it look like anything that I have seen? It's too far away to tell, but you you do see that you, you see the silhouette and you see the sails. Um, uh, it is yes, from where you can see right now. It's not flying any flag. What color ship is this? Uh, it, it's it's a brown ship. <laughs> okay, just had to make sure. The fuck else color what is it going to be? I don't know. People paint their ships. Um, so not flying any flags, how far away is it? Like, how many hours would it take it for it to get to the bay? It looks like it would take, it'll be there right now. It's like noon, early afternoon. It should be there by nightfall. You would guess. I should have made your roll for it, but I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I would like to, um fly back down to the shore 
I guess, and let somebody know. Maybe Scar or Drew are there, or I can let them know that a ship is incoming. Just the first person you see. <laughs> yeah, I just mm-hmm. I just swoop down, fly in front of them, and land perfectly. Unfurl my suit and just hey, ship and ships incoming. <laughs> She's gonna do the superhero landing. You you do that. Uh, there is someone on the beach. There's only one person on the beach though, um, and <laughs> it's Brunick. <laughs> He's in his uh, swimming attire, which is a uh, one-piece get-up. It's skin tight on his old, at least 27 wrinkly body. (laughs) And uh, he's he's sipping on some sort of fruity drink, and he's he's got um, like cucumbers over his eyes. I am here for this. (laughs) You land in front of him, and some sand kind of sprays, and he goes, "Ah, what are you? What are you?" He takes the cucumbers off his eyes. Well, you got sand in my drink. I'm going to need a new one. Hi. What? Hi. Ship? <laughs> yeah, a ship's incoming. Hi. Where Where are Scar and Drew? Brunick. Um, uh, I don't know. I've been getting day drunk here on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> Brunica whole mood. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Drew, let's uh, transition the scene over to her. Drew, where is your bone throne? Drew, <laughs> Drew's bone throne is probably uh, in one of the rooms in one of these buildings. And she has set it up like an office, basically. So she's got like bookshelves and stuff and a desk in front of it. Like this is, it's this big gaudy bone throne and then everything else is like Walmart furniture. (laughs) (laughs) You feel it's like flimsy shit she just put together, but like this very elaborate throne. Nice. You got to have your statement piece. Yes. You are sitting in your office then. Where is this? Is this in like the basement of one of these ruined uh, Bullock Isle laboratories? Yes. Sweet. Okay. You are there with Dura, who is one of your lizard folk um, acolytes. Mm-hmm. What would you call them? Um, attendants. I don't know. Attendants makes it sound like they'd like do, really like do stuff for me, and that's not really what's up. Well, I mean, uh, they're your secretary. Oh, I hate that word. Y'all wouldn't see my face right now, but that was not a good face. <laughs> uh, let's say you're Majordomo. M- Majordomo? Yeah. That's you what, can say it both ways. That's what Zazu called himself in Lion King. Yeah. I love that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a similar type position. Like, it's a position of honor, but you're also doing things. There but p- also... <laughs> They're your PA. <laughs> I hate all of these words. Anyway, move on. <laughs> anyway, Dura is with you. Okay. And she looks over to you and she says, Intraconic, because you've learned it. She says, It's going to be tough getting these um getting these statues moved down here, but I mean we can do it for you. You, sh- you sure you want him on this? And she kind of kicks one of the uh, 
pieces of flimsy furniture, driftwood furniture that you've got sitting on there. <laughs> on the side of the, the wall. Are you sure you don't want us to make you some... <sighs> Little Thrones? <laughs> Little Thrones. For the... This is out of character. For the Amo? Is that what's no, happening? No, for, for, your, for your office. She's just talking to you about, like, your day-to-day stuff. <laughs> Wait, she was saying that it's it would be difficult to get the statues down here. Yeah, the bone statues. You know, the bone statues we make. Basically, she's interior decorating for you right now. Oh. No, that will not be necessary. <laughs> I don't require any decorative pieces. <laughs> oh, you just want the bone thrown. I get it. It's beautiful. It's I mean, really this isn't just this isn't just decorative. This is necessary, Drew says, and she touches it very like possessively. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And she she postulates herself, and she. Um, oh, I'm not a queen. Says, uh, it's weird. Okay, well, um, the, I'm sorry, I forget. You don't like that anymore. I f- I forgot. Um, um, speaking of which, we've got um, the emissary from. Uh, the the central lizard folk camp coming. Are you ready for them? The, I... You know the ones that that ran you that they ran you off that one time when you first came here. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they grant them an audience. Your one o'clock is here, Drew. <laughs> Would you like me to send them in? Uh, she's like she's like your Missande. I love it. She's basically the only person who knows what's going on because Drew doesn't know what the hell is happening 90% of the time. So I'll send them in. Sure. Okay. Drew scrambles up onto the bone you're, throne. It's not graceful. You're, you're sure? <laughs> she turns back and she looks like she's concerned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want Do you want me to get Scar or um, Kira? For what purpose? Should I be afraid of this person? Well, they they ran you off a few months ago, so... Yeah, but it's just like one person, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, She leaves your office and you hear some (laughs) booming footsteps coming down the hallway. And uh, this... The lizard folk that that walks in barely fits in the doorframe. You remember the crocodilian shaman that you resurrected the first time, Drew, mm-hmm. the first undead? Mm-hmm. He's, th- th- this emissary is bigger than that guy. Cool. It's just full on, like, it's a, just a, a big, beefy lizard boy. <laughs> He's a that's the- meathead lizard man. <laughs> um, they walk in. And they kind of give you a look. Um, it, it's kind of hard to decipher the facial expressions of lizard folk because they don't have the same facial muscles as mammals do. Uh, but over the time that you've spent here, you've kind of started to pick up on it. And you see that they are a little annoyed to be there, it seems. Can I interject for a second? Could Would Scar have seen this person heading towards Drew's for lack of a better word, layer. <laughs> um, no, but we'll get to that Laboratory. in a second. Okay. The the lizard folk looks at you and says, "Well, it doesn't say it. Just kind of goes, 
Yes, can I help you? <laughs> oh, uh, what can you give us for peace? For peace? Peace. You have driven out the white hair. Hell yeah. They are gone. We get nothing from outside, so we come to you in need. Either we can take from you or you give to us. Give to us and we will have peace. We take from you and there will be... And they clench their fist. War. <laughs> okay. This is out of character. Again, sorry. Because you just straight up are barreling into this thing and Emily doesn't remember what the fuck is happening. You're so the queen. Drew's looking well, pretty bad right now. Well, that's the whole thing is that that's what I was saying in session zero is Drew's like not like that's not her bag anymore. She, I, she yeah. would get very overwhelmed with that very quickly. She's lived in a cave her whole life, like yeah. or most of it. So like she's so, like she doesn't want to be the queen. <laughs> I so really want to be the queen. So over the past six months, <laughs> you have recognized that all of the lizard folk tribes had some sort of interaction with Kelvin in some way. And it seems like each of their leaders were um, either driven to madness and the tribe scattered, or they were enticed by Kelvin's gifts to them. And they were, so they were seduced and became his pawns, just like the lizard folk that um, Voss I think that was her name. Yes. That turned oh, into Joss. a dragon. It was, it was Joss. Joss. Yeah, that Joss. turned into a dragon. Yeah, just like Joss, who was the leader of the um the lizard folk tribe that you are currently staying with in the, the, the largest village on the island. Um so you over the course of the time that you have been here have been kind of mediating with the lizard folk that you're residing with. And trying to figure out what has been going on and you're having them reach out to the other lizard folk tribes on the island because they were once all one civilization at peace. And so when they fractured and they split factions, there was a lot that um, there's, there's been a lot of uh, healing that's had to happen. And so, in some instances, they will send uh, the emissaries to you to kind of talk things through. Because even though you don't like it that much, there is some, they feel some connection because of the stories of what you did with that shaman in that village that yeah. time. So now it's your job to broker peace between all these fractured lizard folk factions well not the not like the the final arbiter of peace but like in specific instances they call upon you to it's not like the end all be all of um you know peace between the lizard folk but you are like a common entity that more like a mediator in, yeah, you were in each of the tribes, and so they kind of all know who you are. They've all heard the stories of you, and so they're wondering, like... 
while they don't trust each other, they trust me, basically. To a certain extent. They to, trust To an respect. extent. Yeah. So. A common denominator that they yeah. kind of need right now. And, okay. so they and then so Kelvin uh, and them were basically like giving them things they needed to survive. And now Kelvin and them are gone and they don't, they now have no other connection. They don't have connections to the other tribes anymore. Mm-hmm. So now they are on their own. So they're coming, needing help. Got it. Mm-hmm. So peace or war? Peace or war? Cake or death? <laughs> uh, I'll have the chicken. Um, I think that I'm trying to decide because, like, season one, Drew, I don't, I think, would have a different opinion than season two, Drew. We've grown, we've changed. Okay, so she. Uh, Pushes herself up on on the bone throne, which uh, she's sliding off of. Um, but that's it's okay. very slick. It's very slick. <laughs> she like <laughs> adjusts herself, uh, and she's like, um, "Well, I don't think that threats are really gonna get us anywhere. I think that we can probably come to some agreement here, especially since." We're looking for certain artifacts, and we definitely are going to need access to a good amount of uh, underground tunnels that we think run uh, around the island, underground um, caves that are around the island that we're going to need access to. So how about you let us know exactly what you can, what you bring to the table, and we'll let you know what we can give you. Roll me a persuasion, please. Okay. That's going to be... 19. The lizard folk emissary kind of shuffles and kind of resets himself a bit and says, um, you see their face soften as much as a lizard face can soften. (laughs) uh, And they go, Our tribe is the best. In burrowing and navigating the the cave systems and the the tunnels, the old ruins go deep. We know the ways. If we grant you passage and show you the secrets, will there be peace? And they kind of look a little hopeful at the end. Drew pushes herself off of the bone throne, so she slides down it like a kid getting off of the couch. (laughs) But then she stands up and, like, straightens herself and walks over and, like, puts a tiny little hand out to shake and is like, uh, there will absolutely be peace. The gigantic lizard folk hand engulfs yours, like, three times over. (laughs) And you shake and the lizard folk says, good. It's been long. From from what I understand, it's been uh, quite a long time since since you guys were were part of the fold here. From what I understand, you guys were one of the first to to faction off. Do you mind letting me know why? Like what exactly happened? The white hair came to our village first, and. They look a little 
almost forlorn, a little wary. Um, and they say, They threatened the elders and pushed the chief to madness. And we fell in line after that. The elders were granted magical prowess in return for service. Mm. And they kept a, a tight watch over us. With your help, you freed us. Aww. And so now we can make our own path. We can burrow our own tunnel. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that journey for you. <laughs> um, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if you just head right down the hallway, you're going to run into Rebecca. She'll be able to show you that paperwork and she'll be able to get you in on all of the city limits and all of our regulations. Don't worry, it's not that much. It's just to keep everyone safe and we will see you at the town hall meeting. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um and the the emissary leaves and you are alone with the bone throne where the hell did rebecca come from? i love the I idea i love the idea of giving like an entire group of lizard folk just like typical american like names <laughs> like <laughs> jeffrey over there like you know <laughs> rebecca is uh, i'm gonna come up with a with an acronym for rebecca and it's just what i call the group of people who work down the hall for me <laughs> they are all collectively rebecca collectively they are rebecca yes that's <laughs> excellent perfect oh i love it so the emissary leaves and you are there with the bone throne um dora comes back in and she says to you uh, looks like we're done with your book i hope ah. it um, is to your liking and they hand you back your grimoire um, and you see that the grimoire itself hasn't changed a whole lot, but you do see that there's an intricate network of like the teeniest, thinnest little bones that you ever did see kind of um, like embroidery along the spine of your grimoire. Cool. Um, it's like, you know, bone bone. imagine if, if bones were lace. Like, it's that kind of intricate pattern with, like, itty-bitty bones. That's dope. Um, <laughs> and she says, I hope it works to your liking for the trapping you'll be doing. Uh, she looks like she, she's, like, uh, getting, like, really emotional about it. And she's like, it's, it's just perfect. It's literally just perfect. I go, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> and she's, like, crying and, like touching like very lightly like very like she's in awe of the work that was done on this as she like you know opens it and like looks at the pages you feel that there is a power coursing through the book you being here on the bulwark isles for so long in the place where you first summoned the dead to do your bidding and you feel that same sense here with the that book it's and it you get a feeling that that isn't going to leave anytime soon. Cool. So do I get uh, to out of character talk about like what this book does? Not right now. We'll talk cool. about it later. Cool. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, oh, I, I didn't mean, know there was our, a whole thing about this yeah, book. After, this is awesome. After our session, we can talk about it with Justin and Nicole, but we'll save it for later for the listeners. Hold back. Don't give them everything back, Hold once. back. <laughs> and just to be clear, this is the same book that uh, Drew had when Saf rudely burst in on her in her home. In the first episode, which I profusely apologized for, I did not mean to get you. She'll literally out of the never forgive you. Uh, oh, I thought we were set, friends. Set <laughs> we're friends, but she'll never forget. <laughs> That's all that. We're all. friends, but she'll never forget. You ruined her fucking life. It's anyway. funny because <laughs> she'll never forget that you saved her life. So exactly. how does that make you feel, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and now I raised the dead. <laughs> But anyway, it's the book that she had. She found it in Idrindin's tomb, and that's what she originally was looking at. She didn't fully understand it, uh, certain parts of it, until we came to the Bulwark Isles. And I was able to read some more old common and figure out some things about this book. You hear a bell tolling above you that's signaling that a ship is inbound. A ship. I was going to say something really sad. I was going to look up and be like, Agamir. Aww. <laughs> but I'm not willing to do it. Um, so she's coming. Um, cool. I'm going to put my the book. I'm assuming I have some sort of bag. I'm going to put it, put it in there. Um, and then I'm going to uh, head out. I want to see who's coming. Okay. You uh, put the book away someplace safe and you start heading up. And that's when we get a scene change. Scene change. And it's time for Scar. Yes, Queen. Uh, Scar, you... Where, where do you train here on the Bulwark Isles? I feel like because Scar is so much like me as a human in real life, Scar would want her battling, you know, <laughs> prowess, if you will, to be on full display because she is also a Gryffindor like me and can't do anything without being seen. Um, <laughs> uh, picks or it didn't happen. Um, and so she'd probably be, you know where that statue was? That was like kind of like the main square when we snuck into that. When the, the pirates were, that were uh, in. looting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like where people congregate typically that's kind of like the like the main square so town square if you will so that's kind of where i train with whoever wants to train with me mostly kira and because she's also a badass and i feel like i've been using since it's like a middle ground and i've been practicing my sneaky skills in my full plate armor I can, at night, I can, like, creep from, like, hut to hut, and that's how I've been practicing that. So, like, main square is where I'm at. Okay, so, Scar, you are in the courtyard of the main settlement. So, you just looked up and you saw what you're pretty sure is staff flying overhead. <laughs> So are you in a sneaky phase right now, or are you in an attack mode right now? Uh, why, why does it have to be one, of, one or the other of those things? Just answer the question, Scar. Um, sneaky. Roll me a stealth, then. Okay, how did we say that this was going to happen? We said it, like, kind of uh, cancels each other out or something, like... 
No, you don't have advantage. You still have disadvantage on stealth rolls, but you add your... Did you go with expertise in stealth or just proficiency in stealth? Proficiency. Okay, so you just would roll a d20 twice, take the lower number, and add your dex modifier plus your proficiency bonus. Okay, so that's one, two... Okay, so the lower one was 12. Mm-hmm. Plus my dex, 15, plus proficiency, so 19 altogether. You're hiding pretty well in the courtyard. You see that uh, Zuff and Kira are looking for you, and they haven't been able to spot you yet. <laughs> And you hear uh, Zuth say to Kira, this is the, it, it was a little jarring the first time that you heard Zuth speak because he had been so silent for so many months that you had known them. Um, but Zuth says to Kira, she's getting better at this. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kira says, shh. If you make too much noise, she's going to know where we are. (laughs) She'll hide again. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Let's go. And they uh, continue searching for you and they get near where you are and they completely pass you. They They don't spot you at all. And then you feel something in your back. I don't like that. You might be able to outsmart them, but you can't get past me. <laughs> Damn it, wrench! <laughs> <laughs> I'm small. I can get in these tiny spaces. They're too big. <laughs> you got to think about that. You got to watch your back, Scar. You got to watch out. That's why I have you, Reg. You got my back, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess I kind of got to now, huh? I mean, yeah, I got your back. And he kind of (laughs) like shoulders, like runs his shoulder into you. He hits you in the thigh. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, goblins are super small. Love it. So uh, you want to try and jump them and try (laughs) and get them? Absolutely. All right, let's go. Um, (laughs) Roll me another stealth. Ah, fuck me. I literally rolled 12 twice, so it's the same thing, 19. Fucking assholes, dice. All right, you go out from where you're hiding behind some boxes or barrels, or it's just stacks and stacks and stacks of fish and bones. Stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. (laughs) Stacks on stacks on stacks. Uh, And you get out and you you sneak up on Seth and Kira, and you do the same thing to them that Reg did to you, and you kind of, it's this game that you've been playing where you just kind of put the pommel of your your weapon into their back and say gotcha like you're Tag. out <laughs> and Love so it. uh yeah it's like a, a a weird version of um sharks and minnows <gasps> oh my god nate you just brought me back to my childhood when you said those words i love it how did i know I definitely used to play that game at summer camp, like literally all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. So it's it, it's basically sharks and minnows. You call it sharks and minnows. Why not? 
No, um, I want to. <laughs> let's call it Zuths and Kiras. <laughs> Zuths and Kiras. It's a game that they made up. Yes. After they got over the effects of the memory potion that um, Kelvin had been feeding to them for at least a decade for Kira. Um, and, you know, almost a decade for um, Reg and Zuth. So it, it they had to get over it, but they, they were able to do it. And they're back to their normal selves, which you had never seen up to this point. But they say that they're normal now. Yay. They feel better than ever. So you, um, you, sh- you zuff them. <laughs> and they say, oh, I told you she's getting too good at this. <laughs> oh, scar, scar, scar. I taught you well. I mean, you learn from the best. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Thanks, Reg. Those tips you've been giving me really helped with my sneaky sneakiness. Yeah, you, you uh, would have thought that Agamir would have given you a, a tip or two, but I guess uh, uh, you've all been on the run for a while, so. Yeah, there was just never any time. <laughs> Good to see that y'all are doing well, though. So, uh, hey, uh, it's it's, uh, it's time. You know, do, do you know what time it is? Reg looks around at all of you. Everyone looks confused. <laughs> uh, Scar, do you want to venture a guess as to what time it is? Uh, hammer time? <laughs> Literally, because I have a Warhammer. Warhammer no, time? I have no idea. Yeah, Warhammer time. <laughs> no, I have no idea. It's time to drink, 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 beach drinks. Come on, let's go. Beach party. I have like the picture in my head of the scene in Avatar The Last Airbender when they're on uh, the Ember Islands. The Ember Islands. And they're like, and, and <laughs> Sokka's like, beach day. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so what happens. <laughs> Very similar vibes. You are, yes. uh, Re- Reg runs first. He runs down to the beach. Um, and you you meet up with Brunick, who's got just a... Serious a magic, head start. <laughs> a serious head start, A. Uh, he's always got a head start because he's always drinking. As the, <laughs> keeps the magical juices flowing. Uh, he made a magical cooler that keeps all of his fruity drinks cold. Oh my so you God. pop open the this apparatus and pull out some some drinks, and you, you you just tuck on in. Can we call it what the Australians call it a chili bin? Because I fucking love that so much. Yeah, it's, it's my this is my chili bin. I made it. <laughs> I made it just for us. Because you know, when you're waiting for the world to end, there's nothing better than a cold fruity drink from a chili bin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he like high key is drinking like Smirnoff ices or like something that's what I'm like imagining, that. That's yeah. like, like fucking Zima or like <laughs> some shit like oh that. God. Like he's he's on that. What's the white claw? He's like white a total claw. white yeah. claw vibe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's got the uh, the shutter shades on that he made out of like um, palm fronds. That's amazing. Uh, Saf, are you still at the beach? 
uh, yeah, I'd imagine I this had, was all happening, and I had run into Brunick at about this moment, and gone, yeah. "Where's Drew and where's Scar?" Because Brunick's drunk and not helpful. Mm-hmm. And then I show up. Oh, hey, you were looking for Scar? There she is. I found her. Don't lose her. Thanks, thanks, Brunick. Don't lose her again. I can't. <laughs> I can't keep track of your things, Seth. Okay. Thanks, Brunick. <laughs> <laughs> starts sleeping. <laughs> his drink starts to fall out of his hand, and he snaps it back and does and just uh, does that thing where you kind of look for the straw with your mouth, <laughs> and then he eventually finds it. And I uh, I look at oh hey there's Scar. <laughs> <laughs> I look at uh, Reg, who is coming with Scar, I guess, right? Yep. And I, I look at my sundial watch and I go, it's 5.01, you're late. And I pull out some drinks from the chili bin and hand them out. It was definitely not 5.01 because he said it was like noon when you started flying. And Brunick said he was day drinking. Yeah, so it's like probably like 12.30. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... It's 5 o'clock, 5.01 somewhere. I mean, it's not... Yeah, I mean, it's sundown somewhere, right? Sundown somewhere. <laughs> he pops. Oh my god! I want a whole line of beach merch that says it's sundown somewhere. <laughs> that is very good. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Sundown somewhere. That's me. That's me. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta go get the domain. Sundown I want, I want like a picture of Brunick on his little beach chair with his <laughs> with his cucumber eyes and his fruity drink. And yes. his chili bin, and then it says it's sundown somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely, oh it's like an old Jimmy Buffett shirt. That's what that I need. Needs to happen so badly. <laughs> yeah. So, Brunick looks at you, Saf, and says, "Hey, wait, is there a ship? <laughs> the ship, the ship, Brunick. Brunick. You said yep. there's a ship. Yep, there was a ship. Are we expecting anyone?" He, no. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. And he <laughs> holds up his um, his uh, forefinger and his thumb like a finger gun. And he goes and he points it towards the dock. And he goes, I bet you, I bet you five, I bet you five, five gold. I get it. I can make this happen. I bet, bet me, bet me. <laughs> Wait, make what? Make happen? what happen? I bet. Say yes. Bet. <laughs> Say bet. yes. Yes and. <laughs> yes and. And he goes. He he literally says pew 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, four magic missiles fire from the tip of his finger, and hit the bell on the dock. Ah, that's the, the bell drew her. Uh, that you used to signal that there's a ship coming. I did it. You owe me. And he holds out his hands. He just drops his fruity drink and says, you owe me. And he holds his hands out. Yeah, I pull, I pull some like nuts and bolts out of my, out of my um, pocket. And I, they're gold. So they look like gold pieces probably to him. And uh, plop them in his hand and go, fine, you win. He bites one of them and says, okay. <laughs> a deal's a deal. 
You got another fruity drink already. <laughs> Nate needs to do like a whole Lanamore ASMR episode. <laughs> okay, so after a little while, y'all are sitting on the beach at noon 30, and uh, Drew comes up. <laughs> Hates the sun. <laughs> Hates the sun. Hey, y'all, it's Brad out here. What's up? Are we, are we like expecting somebody? There's a ship approaching. Where, did you? Did anybody know about this? So I just asked you. I'm so I'm assuming no, <laughs> no one knew. I look at Reg, expecting that. Uh, <laughs> why are you looking at me? I why would I know of anyone coming? Well, do I? None of us in charge. <laughs> I thought one of us was in charge. <laughs> I mean, Dorena's in charge, right? I was gonna literally. I was waiting to be like. Where's Dorena at? She'll probably know. <laughs> Where's mom? Uh, yes. <laughs> Where's mom at? <laughs> mom knows. Ask your uh, mother. <laughs> at this point, uh, you see that there are people starting to congregate in the courtyard where Scar was playing the stealth game Zuth and Kira's with uh, Zuth and Kira <laughs> and Reg. And you see that the ship is getting closer. You still can't tell what it is from where you are on the beach now. I literally, I was going to be like, can we see Insignia yet? Uh, so I feel like Scar would definitely head towards that way and be like, we have to find Dorena. She'll know what this is about. Uh, yeah, I guess we should stop drinking. Or should we to go? Is that? <laughs> no, we can't. Should we? No, we as, should. As, but as I'm unless, doing it, I'm like double fisting. I'm double fisting. Like <laughs> Reg pops one of the the tops off these fruity drinks and gives one to Drew. <laughs> there you go. She's like she looks like she's like uh, okay, thanks. And then as soon as up. he turns, he, as soon as he turns his back, she drinks it like mm-hmm. in like one go because she like really loves the taste of these things, but like wants to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So you all go into the courtyard? Yes. Sure. Okay. Uh, everyone roll perception for me. Slash insight, I guess. Either one. 15. That is an unnatural 20. 24. Saf and Drew, you see that everyone kind of looks a little uneasy? As if... No one that you see there was expecting a ship right now. Um, I hate that. Scar, you get a similar vibe, but don't sense, I guess, the urgency with it. You see Dorena is pretty close to the uh, the docks, and she has a spyglass. She's trying to make out what is happening. Let's go to her. Yes. Uh, I walk up to her, pull out my binoculars... And I look with her side by side. Uh, are you seeing what I'm seeing, Saf? <laughs> Out of character. I don't know. What am I seeing, Nathan? <laughs> um, you see a ship. It's unmarked so far as you can tell. And it um, is still not flying any colors. Mm. It's just a, a, a mid-sized ship. Plane sails, nothing really descript about it. In that case, yeah, Dorana, this is weird. Should we, f- 
what do, what do we do? Should we fire off a warning shot or something? Or is there a way to contact them? Do we have fire a up. cannon? What do you mean a warning shot? Fire a warning shot? What, what, what you want to fire off one of our defensive salvos? Really? One of our mortars here? I mean, we don't know if they're friend or foe. I guess we have to just wait and see. Maybe they'll just bypass the aisle altogether. I mean, no one, barely anyone knows that there's there's life here. I mean, the only other people are, you know, Mara and the Violet Rose um, and Kelvin. So it's possible it'll just sail right by. It looks like they're heading straight for the bay, though. Doesn't it? It does. So, should I go take a closer look? look? What do you What do you mean? How would you do that? Oh, were you flying earlier? Did you get your thing <laughs> oh, to work? Oh, was that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works great. Oh well, I mean that's that's I, I'm great job. Thank you. I, I'm sorry. I'm not more excited for you but yeah that's uh, that's amazing um if you want to take a closer look if you think you can be stealthy about it by all means go ahead yeah it's not that stealthy it's, i was gonna say she's just gonna go whole ass land on that ship is what's gonna happen yeah i'm gonna land on the bow of that ship and be like who are you although what do you half, want <laughs> a halfling a halfling flying around could look like a large bird <laughs> Could be mistaken for a large bird. I'm just saying. Is a small plane or a large bird? I don't know, but shoot it! Shoot it! I mean, like, like, I'm not talking, like, albatross size. I mean, like, she could easily be mistaken for, like, a, se- a seagull. It's, I am a large bird with jets. Blue, <laughs> sapphire blue jets streaming from my feet. I as feel propelling like that's me forward. not something they'd be able to see from that high up. Like, I have a feeling they'd see you streak by and be like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> We're under <laughs> <like>, attack. <laughs> shooting, shooting star during the daytime. What the fuck? Like that's uh, a fucked up bird. <laughs> man, I know magic's real and everything, but that's one fucked up bird. <laughs> Also, side note, I've been trying to come up with the Lanamoran version of White Claw. So I took the Latin the Latin word for claw and a different way to say the color white, and it's called Snowy Ungula. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's an STD in Lanamora. No, yeah. <laughs> Snowy Ungula is what you get when you sleep with Galvin. <laughs> Man, this is not how I was expecting episode one of season two to go. <laughs> There's an ointment for it. <laughs> I was just brainstorming. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> no, you came up with a very good name. Just not for the thing you thought it was. <laughs> Just wait till we see Kelvin again. We can call him out on his snowy ungula. Oh my god. What? What are y'all talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. So... <laughs> they do look like they're, they're I heading. totally forgot what was happening. <laughs> they look like they're heading right for us, but... I think we're going to need to 
we're going to need to enact the shadow protocol. So everyone, shadow protocol, shadow protocol. She starts shouting out. And so you know that that is the everyone hide. Make it look like we're just a ruined island. Okay. Yeah, bank, that's bank all the fires. Um, make it look like there's there's no one here. (laughs) I love that it's Uh, called Shadow Protocol. (laughs) Yeah, as she's saying all this, her her voice, you know, she's a magic user, but her voice gets, um, you know, and she gets like megaphone voice on herself to make sure that everyone hears. And you hear the hustle and bustle of people running around and, you know, putting the fires out and uh, getting everyone that's out on the docks fishing back in and uh, all the boats out of the water and everything like that. Uh, So it takes a good hour for you all to bring everyone back and make it look like you're uninhabited, but you do. And you, you look out from your, your vantage points on the largest building that you've been using as your headquarters uh, on this settlement. And you watch as this boat gets closer and closer you need to use spyglass or binoculars at first, and then you can start seeing it with the naked eye, and they still don't fly their colors. They're still heading right towards you. The sun starts to set behind the volcano on this, or no, not behind the volcano. It would be to the, um, it would actually be close to where the ship is coming. And so the sun sets around where the ship is, and night falls. And you see that the ship is still getting closer. And then when night has fully fallen, you see that there are purple lights on the ship. Violet? And Violet Rose? I was just thinking that. Does that mean and that? Docks at the main dock of the settlement. Okay. Let's go see who is here. How far away are we? A few hundred feet away. Even with dark vision, we wouldn't be able to see that far if anyone embarking. No. Disembarking, excuse me. Disembarking, no. <laughs> I feel like we would have like a in the shadow protocol, if this was like built in to the shadow protocol, it would we would have like people in a in a building close closer to the um what do you call it the like landing the dock. zone dock mm-hmm. um i couldn't think of the damn <laughs> landing word for zone dock. boat landing zone <laughs> i mean they are called boat landings to be fair boat landing zone um, boat runway yeah. so and then we would use uh sending stones and they could send us a message and tell us what they see mm-hmm I feel like that's something that, like, as bodyguards like Scar and Zuff and Giro and, like, just Kira. over the years of do it, Kira, sorry, I keep forgetting that it's Kira now, um, which is weird because Kira's me, yeah. uh, <laughs> that they have, like, that kind of thinking in their heads for those types of things. Like, that's just how they operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ord so. was there, too, so he would have that. That, that thought as well. Yeah. And it's actually uh, Ord's Ord. voice. Yeah, Ord is here. It's Ord's voice that you hear, Scar, in your, from your sending stone, your your shell phone. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my shell god, phones. I love that joke so much. The shell phone. Wait, is Sokoba here too? 
No, Sokoba's on the mainland. Okay. And you hear Ord's voice say, it's okay, come down to the dock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. So we do that. You all head down to the dock. You see the ship now in the soft purple light that it's um, putting off. And you see that the purple is actually coming from lantern light on it. It's not magical flame. It's um, the lanterns on the ship are actually purple stained glass. Mm. Pretty. Mm -hmm. And you can see the ship now. It's a nice ship. It looks like... Any, it, it looks like it's very well kept um, and, you know, as good as any ship that you've ever seen. Way better than the Bonefly from season one. <laughs> uh, or the fancy. Mayfly, even. It a fancy before ship. it wrecked. And there, there are people starting to congregate on the docks. And as you get closer to the ship, you see the name of the ship on the side. And it's The Wish Fulfilled. Oh. <gasps> And you see Agamir. I was right! <laughs> standing at the end of the docks. And he says, uh, hey guys, um, a lot of, lot of stuff to talk about, but um, hey, uh, real important, uh, Kelvin's, he's um, started a triumvirate, so that's bad. <laughs> you got Jordan impression just down. I was uh. just going to like that's a spot on Jordan. So that's bad. <laughs> so we need, we've got a lot to talk about. Oh, um, Sokob is here as well. Um, so yeah, <laughs> can we talk? <laughs> and that's where we're going to end the episode. Oh, I love that. Okay, so like, let's just say Amethyst is a purple color, right? Mm -hmm. Amethyst is a purple gem, and that was his first ship, the Amethyst Wish. And yeah. now the ship's called The Wish the Fulfilled. Wish fulfilled. Yeah. Nathan, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Kudos. He's good. <laughs> I don't know if you all remember, but the Amethyst Wish was up for sale at the end of season one So did he buy it and well. like renovate it like be Joanna Gaines did? Like <laughs> yeah, Seth is going to keep it to herself that renaming a ship is bad, bad news. No, there Not are certain... There are certain ways that you can do it when it goes when it passes ownership to a new person. There's a certain like kind of ritual if you look it up in boat lore. I've taught there. I know lore. someone that had to do this. Boat it's true, lore. like actual boat lore, uh, ship captains type shit. When you're renaming a boat, there's like a whole thing that you have to do, and I don't think you have to do Shaperstitions. it. Superstitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to do it if it passes ownership to a new person because then a new person owns it and then they are claiming it as their own. So that name that they give it is now what it is without having to do all sorts of weird shit. I imagine that there's something too if it goes into like dry dock or something and then it's rechristened. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is a magic boat and... Uh, <laughs> With your weird boat. Shipperstitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get. Uh, well, hold on. Let me do the whole rest of the thing first. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I hope that you had a great time listening. I hope my players had a great time playing, and I had a great time DMing. Um, the legend this week <laughs> almost said idiot. 
I mean, did we, don't we do that anymore. We've grown. go into like what oh, we're doing? We're naming with all a this legend and a lol, right? That's the thing. We're, yeah. we're better people now. We we're the same people. We just have better <laughs> ideas. Um, <laughs> That's totally true. We're trying to be better people. We'll say. Um, okay, yeah. so yeah, at the end of every episode, now this is season two. We are now Legends of Lanamora. We are no longer the Village Idiots. We are doing away with the Village Idiot itself. So at the end of every episode, I'm going to name instead a legend who is the person that I think did the sickest shit. <laughs> and I think the person that did the man, it really. Okay. All right. Uh, the person that I think did the sickest shit this week was me because i mean you all didn't do anything um, i was gonna say like how long before you name yourself the I, legend i jumped out of like a 60 foot story like workshop and Sack flew over a bay flew. <laughs> please it was much higher than that um oh <laughs> but yeah i mean just by default uh, I think it, it it's got to be me. I'm weaving all these stories mm-hmm. together. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm just so good at this. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see your reactions to uh-huh. seeing the wish fulfilled? Like, oh, that God. was super good Hush. storytelling. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I think that the lol this week, so I'll be naming a legend who did the sickest shit and the lol who had, you know, not the greatest moment, some sort of fuck up. Uh, or a funny moment. I maintain you can do something intentionally funny and still get the lull. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm saying like you know, and uh, it could be something like in character, or it could be something that you know it was a fumbled dice roll or something like that. Um, so the lull this week is going to be me um, because <laughs> no one else did anything. You're the worst. You know? No, no one did anything. Like we're going to use these to try to bolster uh, creativity and make sure that our players, you know, they really work hard to earn these titles. I was going to anyway, say, so like, the lol so and the legend are both me. I well, came up with- because this is this is the first episode. <laughs> this is like you all haven't. You, you've got to get back into your 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 character's pants, and you've got to, you know. Yeah, I said it all like that on purpose. So you've got to, you know, get back into the skin of these characters, and you've got to accidentally uh, invented a Lanamore and venereal disease. How am I not the whole? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> now that I think about it, I I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. The lull this week is uh, going to be Scar. <laughs> Or coming up with what was it? Snowy Ungula. 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 Ungula is a Latin word for claw. And then it's terrible. There are many other words for claw. I know, but I just that was their whole bag. I literally googled. (laughs) I googled synonyms for claw, and one of those like Google questions thing was what's the Latin word for claw? So I was like, ooh. Then I clicked on that because I thought Latin sounds more like fantasy. Uh-huh. And then the word was ungula, and I thought that was hilarious. And then I wanted to find synonyms for the color white, not because like when I when I googled synonym for white, all I got was Caucasian, and I thought that that was hilarious. What about snowy? So I was like, 
I wasn't talking about a person. I was talking about the color. So then all these other uh-huh. words for white came up, but most of them had the word white in it, like lily white or like white tinned. And then the only one that didn't have the word white in it was snowy. So <laughs> there you go. What about there you go. snowy talon? That's what a, the, a white one. Been- much yeah. better. <laughs> that was the vibe you were going well, for. Well, That's I what I was that... going for, but I inadvertently invented Kelvin's venereal disease. <laughs> well, well, here's the here's the thing too. It's like it, it's white. It's the color, so it's not like like snow and ice are white. Yes, however, they could be blue. So you could go the opposite direction and say like ivory talon. Ah, see, I but also I snow, cold, drink. Mm. I couldn't think of words for white. Like I couldn't think. Remember other versions of the color white. Like I couldn't Blanc. think of ivory. I don't know why. So, yeah, but you see, we can't. We can't just say that the drink is cold because Coors Light has like the the market corner and all that. We can't just do it. It's cold as the Rockies. It's cold as the Bulwarks. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to go into uh, Coors Light's marketing campaign, listen to the first episode of Dilly and Dally. Oh my yeah. god, yes. Because uh, I do go into that a lot. Yes. And it's very funny. But I listen, do like listen. Ivory Talon as the Lanamoran version of White Claw, and that is 100% what Brunick is addicted to. I yes. wouldn't use the word addicted. Let's not get weird. Let's yeah, not, okay, make, not let's, let's have to put a, sh- a trigger warning on this. Yeah, no, not yeah. addicted. It's uh, that is his, that's his drink of choice. Drink it's of not choice. just cold. It's cloistered cold. Cloistered it peaks. Comes from the cloistered, cloistered peaks. peaks. That's so very funny. Any other names that you would call? Um, Ivory Talon or Snowy Ungula. You can reach out to us on social media, right, Nicole? We have a Twitter. It's at Lanamora Pod. You can go there and talk with us. Or if you want to talk to us personally, you can find me at Nicole the Nerdy. You can find me at JMH underscore Novi. I'm at Neurotic Good. You can find me at underscore Squid Toaster. We also have a website, Novi Studio. <laughs> okay, it's Novi. <laughs> it's NoviStudio.io. We have a ton of good stuff up there, like an about section where you can get to know us, our seasonal champions. There are fun facts about the world, tons of art, and a link to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, want to hear more from Novi Studios and our other content? Well, you're in luck because we have a Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights and behind the screens. Listen to Nicole and I, BS, and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. If a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends about us. Episodes come out every other Tuesday, so stay tuned. Hey, you know what I just thought of? I don't like that our Patreon's behind a paywall. For the next month, let's take that paywall down. You don't have to. You don't have to. 
We're, we're smashing just, walls, baby. We're breaking walls. We're breaking them down. Scars. Uh, breaking them down. You know, oh, Otis, what is it? How do you say it? Otis, Otis operandi. operandi. Modus operandi. Jesus Christ, Nicole. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is actually something that we've been talking about for a little bit. We want people to get in to be able to listen to the mini prequel campaign. Because it, it's 10 episodes, it's jam-packed with a lot of information in there. It ties together season 1, season 1.5, and nothing with the winter episodes. Um, but it <laughs> will have implications for season 2. So, if you want to get the chance to listen to that sweet, sweet, usually behind a paywall content, listen now. For the month of January into February 2021, you can listen to that content for free because we're taking down that paywall. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks you so much for tuning in to episode one of season two. I'm so excited um, about what's going to happen. Uh, and we'll see you in two weeks, folks. Let's be legends. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now we have to let's be legends. <laughs> I, well, I like I like the idea. I like why can't we all just yell well, let's be legends at the end of it? And like let, let's let that be our outro. That's because like be you've been weird. complaining that we're still doing that awkward, weird thing. You're yeah. like a whole fucking year and we're still doing it like this. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we're rebranding right now. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I knew you were going to do this.